Praise the name of the Lord. This is D.K. Groom, the Rock Solid Truth. I'm so glad that each and every one of you have joined with us tonight. Praise the Lamb of God. It's got your Bibles. I hope that you brought them. If you'll turn, please, to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. While you're turning there, to those that are uh, new on our on our, our program, uh, check us out at www.rocksolidtruth.com, and you'll see all of the things that we're doing, not only in Africa and in Liberia, but also in India, uh, a multitude of different places that we are in. So we thank the Lord for what he's doing. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you today. How wonderful and precious it is to be in your midst. We thank you for the word that's going to come forth, and we ask you now that the seed that is going to be planted in the lives of those that have ears to hear and eyes to see will give you all the praise and all of the glory, thanking you in advance for that. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and all of God's people said, Amen. I've been speaking to you for the past couple weeks out of the book of John, and John is dealing with some falsehoods and some doctrines that have crept into the church. One of those doctrines that he is dealing with was called the Gnostic doctrine, and it's a doctrine that is very much alive and well in our society today. That doctrine is about once saved, always saved. This Isn't it amazing that there's nothing new under the sun when it comes to the devil? Isn't it amazing that he just uses the same old tricks over and over and over, the same old deceivement over and over and over? He just uses it on different people, and so it's new to them. But when you've been a child of God for a while and you have been under the attack of Satan for a while, you begin to understand and you begin to see that what Satan is doing is using the same old thing He just uses different paper to wrap it. He uses a different bow to make it look pretty. There's nothing new under the sun with him. He's always been a liar. He will always be a liar. And this doctrine that John is dealing with has to do with once saved, always saved. And what the Gnostic doctrine back in the days of John was all about was that This doctrine had come into the church, and it was saying that if you were born again, there were no consequences to the sin that you committed. And John is writing about this in 1 John, and he's countering the concept because God does love us by grace. There's no question about that. And John is telling them that, yes, God loves us by grace. By the power of God, he loves us. But you just can't go and live in sin. Because this is what John is saying. There is a work of grace. And that work of grace changes us. And you should be able to see who is truly established a relationship with God. 
And you should be able to see simply by the way that this work of grace is played out in their life. The individual who has no display of this relationship, this intimacy, this personal relationship with Christ, if there's no display of action affirming this work of grace, then most likely this person is not a born-again Christian. Even though God loves us because of grace, this grace, grace, should produce in us actions that display in our life that there has been a tremendous change in us. I need to say that again. This grace should produce in us actions that should display in our life that there's been a change within us, and that change is a tired to relationship with Christ. Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. We should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This scripture brings forth an application, and that application we need to grasp a hold of. Because the more you see of God, the more you're going to be changed into that image. The image that you behold is the image that you're going to be changed into. Listen to the scripture. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Multitudes of people read the scripture and they believe or they think that it's talking about some future event when you see Christ or when he appears. When he breaks the eastern sky and he comes and sets his foot upon the Mount of Olives, that's when the scripture is pertaining to that. That is not so. When he appears, when you begin to see him as he really is, when you in your spirit, you in your soul, see him as he really is, then the word of God is telling you that you will be like him. Not in his divinity, not in his perfectness. But you see, that's the hope of every individual that has been born again, to be like Jesus. That's our hope. Look at verse 3. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. So here's what this word of God is saying. That when you see him as he really is, then you will attain and you will want to be like him. I'll say it again so there's no confusion, not in his divinity, not in his perfectness, not being without sin. You'll want to be like him. That's where we all are at. And that's this work of grace that is working inside of you and I as born-again children of God, because this is what the Word says. For every man that has this hope begins to purify himself, begins to get these things out of his life, begins to get these things out of his being, 
these things that he's had for years and years and years, and just because he, and when he's become born again, he wants to be more like Christ. And so he begins to purify himself, even as he is pure. You see, if you're truly born again, and if you have relationship with God, then that grace, that nature, begins to work. And it begins to work itself through your soul. And the evidence shows through your actions. You see, your, your spirit is not going to be changed. When you became born again, your spirit is complete. What needs to be renewed and what needs to be transformed, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, is that your mind needs to be renewed. You need to be transformed. Like the caterpillar to the butterfly. Spiritually speaking, metamorphosis should be taking place in your life in that transformation. If you are truly born again, and if you have relationship with God, then that grace, that nature, begins to work itself out through you, and the evidence is going to show through your actions. There's going to be a change. Your attitude's going to change. Your thinking is going to change. And your actions surely will change. This is the point that John is making. <coughs> Excuse me. First John chapter 3, verse 16. First John chapter 3, verse 16. <clears throat> Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Here is what John is saying. John is saying that it is evident. You can see the love of God through his action. John 3.16 states that for God so loved the world that he gave his, gave his own life that those who believe upon him shall not perish. Because he laid down his life for us, John is saying that we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That the love ought to be manifested in us as we see the love of Christ, and it should be revealed in our actions towards the brethren. Because the way that people are going to perceive that you have the love of God in you is going to be through your actions. Those actions that are taking place in your life. That's how they're going to perceive whether or not you have the love of God within you. Look at verse 17. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother hath need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? What a powerful, powerful, powerful word. But whoso hath this love, this world's good, and seeth his brother hath need, and shall accept his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? We got a message from 
we had taken the food and we had uh, had our our RST coordinator in Kenya to buy 500 pounds of food, rice, and sugar to give to 53 widows and children in the uh, in the village of Christiana. I think that's how you say it. It's a village in Kenya. Well, one of the lady and her child had had uh, not been involved in that because the chief, for some reason, had left her name off of the list. So she traveled. She walked with her child about four to five hours to go to our coordinator's house in Kenya. I had called her. She had called me and told me about it, and I said that I was going to send her $50. Well, as I got to talking to individuals about it, someone gave $50, and I sent that other $50 and that $100 today to her in Kenya. The lady has been there for three to four days. She's been feeding her. And so what we are doing in Rock Dollar Truth is that we are setting up a food pantry in our RSD coordinator's house, and we're setting up a food pantry for people who are, are needing food to come, and she will feed them. And we're going to supply that need. Now, this is exactly what the Word of God is speaking about in John. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and setteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? What a powerful word. I cannot do it. Whenever there's a need, I have to respond somewhere, somehow. Rock solid truth saw the need concerning water. Rock solid truth saw the need concerning Bible. Rock solid truth has seen the need for land so that they can have their own way of, of making a living. Rock solid truth saw the need in, in, in Kenya for, for food. You see, this is what John is saying. Preaching and teaching is not going to impact their lives as much as hands-on, one-by-one, is going to do. You know, I've said this over and over and over again. How can you preach and teach the gospel to someone when they're hungry? Until that hunger need has been dealt with, they're not going to listen to the spiritual end of it. Why? Because the hunger issue is one of the strongest impulses that the body has. And when you're hungry, nothing overrides that. The very first thing that a child wants to do coming out of the womb is to suck his mother's breath. That's the very first thing that he wants to do. And this is what John is saying. Your actions are what's going to demonstrate the love of God in your life. Your actions. If you really want to know if an individual is born again, if you really want to see the love of Christ flowing in the life of anyone, don't listen to their talk. Look at their actions. 
if their actions are consistently contrary to relationship with God, then the reason is because they don't have relationship with God. Relationship with God produces fruit. And the fruit of that relationship is actions. Actions do not produce relationship with God. But relationship with God does produce action. What a tremendous statement. Because here's what religion tells us. Religion tells us that if you act right, if you do right, everything will be all right. That's what religion tells you. But true Christianity says, no, if you have relationship with God based upon what he's done, if you accept the grace and the goodness of God through relationship with his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, then if your heart and motives are right, then actions will follow. You see, actions are not the engine of the train. They're the caboose. They follow along because of relationship. They do not establish relationship. What religion has done is they've reversed the order. Religion tells you do this and do that and do this. Pray and fast and your prayers will be answered. Do good and good will come back to you. The world calls it karma. Do the things that please God, and God will be pleased with you. Walk in holiness, and God will accept your sacrifice. Do your best, and God will make up the rest. No, true Christianity says, accept relationship with God through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept what he's done for you. Accept his sacrifice. And then you'll have relationship. And that relationship will cause action to follow your relationship. And there's a huge difference between the two. Hereby, look at, look at 1 John 3.16 again. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Do you see how the love of God is perceived in you? That word perceived means to be aware, to understand. How is it that we understand the love of God? We understand it by seeing that he laid down his life for us. And he laid down his life without a complaint, without bitterness, and without an alternative motive. He humbled himself and laid down his life, only desiring one thing, to redeem us and restore us back to the Father. We see this. We've not only just heard it, we've not only heard it, but we perceive it. And we see the demonstration and the expression of that love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. 
We see the demonstration and the expression of that love as he limited himself as God when he became man. He took upon himself our infirmities, our sins, our transgressions, our diseases, our iniquities, our deformities. And we perceive God and we see the love of God. He hung on the cross forsaken and rejected by his Father because the Father accepted the sacrifice. He would cry out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the forsaking was about bringing you and I back into our rightful place. Here is a great demonstration of his love towards you and I. You can see it, you can perceive it, and this is how you know he loves us. You can perceive how a person is. You can perceive what motivates a person by what he does. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you today for your mercy and your grace. I want to thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the midst of your children, and I want to thank you once again for the opportunity to preach your word, to magnify your name, to exalt your name, to glorify your name. Thank you, Lord, for it is your word that brings us to that place. It is that grace, that nature, that does that work in us. We'll give you all the praise and all of the glory, thanking you in advance for what you're doing with every individual that is tuned in tonight. This is D.K. Groove, the Throck Collar Tooth Live. Go with God, and I guarantee you, he will surely go with you.